Hello and welcome to Line Check with Jack and Fee, the podcast where we discuss the music industry. Uh, my name is Jack, and with me is my good friend and band wife, Fiona Liddell. Say hi, Fee. Hi, Fee. <laughs> hi, Fi. Hi, Fi. Um, That's our so, other yeah. thing. <laughs> Very well done. One, two, one, two, one, two. Yeah! I think we're live. Bars. <laughs> the song that you're hearing this week is Callum Baird's new track, When the Tables Turn, from his upcoming EP, A View from the Notebooks. The EP is going to be available on December 4th, and he's a very good friend of ours, so please do check it out. He's a very talented songwriter. So, Fiona, thank you for coming in oh, today. God. Just take a wee seat. No, it's okay. Oh. We're not going to bite. Okay, so thank you for coming in for your interview. Today, we're going to ask you just a few questions to get a bit more used to you, see if you'd be a good fit in the office here. Okay. Um, What's so happening? First, <laughs> What's first going of all, on? where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> not here. <laughs> Definitely not here. Um, should we explain a little bit of what we're doing or what this? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, th- this I suppose is a bit of a faux scripted take on on mm-hmm. interviews we've been doing for for our releases recently, and we figure it'd be fun to to see what would happen if we actually asked each other uh, these these textbook questions that yeah. I'm sure we've all answered at some point. Yeah. So. Not, we're not slating the questions. We thought we interested. Oh, not to at do all. One to not each at other. all. It's just interesting to try and interview someone that you know very well. Yeah. Because we might actually get answers that we never expected out of each other. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm. So with that in mind, Fiona. <laughs> now you've explained the concept to me, yes. <laughs> Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, um, gigging again? That'd be nice, maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, that claim is disputed. Uh, oh. What we've got here on our clipboard is more DWP. Oh, so. good. <laughs> Maybe have that in mind for next time. Still on universal credit. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I would see myself gigging again, hopefully, and releasing more music, and maybe doing a wee tour. Who knows? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? We UK tour of stuff. Oh. Gosh, just just playing just to people who going want to, to other hear cities. me. Oh, I that would be lovely. I'd love to do that in five years. In five years, I'm probably going to have like a, a small skip in New Haven that I own with my husband. <laughs> And we might have spawned a kid for a quarter of a million pounds. We rented out a bus stop. <laughs> Lovely. Be great. Very good. So that's my plan. My five-year sounds... plan is to live in a skip. <laughs> that sounds good. So do you, do you see yourself being, like, uh, at that point, would you predominantly want to be doing mostly your own music? Or do you see it still as a balance? Because I know that, I know that you're quite a function player, Fiona. <laughs> very functional with my playing um it depends really because like this year's been especially hard for well you and me because the wedding band just has to basically just be shut off for a whole year essentially um and miraculously we've somehow gotten through uh without you know the the income that brings and yeah just uh, again the human interaction everything that brings we've managed to get through it so it is possible that in five years i might not be doing weddings but I'm not mad. I'm not. I'm not desperate to go or anything. I'm not mad at the idea mm. of still doing weddings in five years. There's this weird idea for uh, female musicians that they've kind of got a, a slightly earlier expiration date than male musicians That's when awful. it comes to playing live. Well, if you think about it, like, I'm not going to call any of the actual 
bands out or anything, but there's a number of like older five-piece male bands, or there's much more, I think, of them than there are older like female-led wedding bands. But if we've that's established fair women don't need money; they need husbands. The oh. husbands can gig. This interview is over. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd say I'm 27 now. I've got a good 10 years left, I think, before. Um, and again, obviously, life gets in the way. Um, this is like football, honestly. Like, uh, a little I, I bit. I at age 22 <laughs> and I bought a house in the Canary Islands. <laughs> then I stopped Boris Johnson from not giving free food to children. Um, <laughs> the sun slated me for it. It was really weird. Uh, so I'd say <laughs> <laughs> that I want to be done with weddings, let's say, by the time I'm 40. Let's go with mm. that. And it might not be an option. That might be the only viable, like, paying job i can do at that point strong chance we're never gonna retire yep strong well that's the thing i'm doing like lots of like mortgage like agreement and principle things right now and it's putting in it oh when's your planned retirement age i just want to put never but that's not an option (laughs) on it so oh well in time time it will be i think i put 85 (laughs) one of them was like 85 so i've gone okay everybody three (laughs) two one my Cut baby's always dancing. My baby's always dancing. My baby's dancing. always dancing. Baby's always <laughs> dancing. She likes to dance. <laughs> so I would I say that. What would happen if your voice just went through eighty years of weddings? Do you reckon well, it'd be unstoppable? <laughs> or just still like sounds ruined? exactly the same as I do right now. That'd be amazing. Well, actually, hopefully, yeah. Um, yeah, as long as my voice stays in shape for the next 10 years as well, I imagine weddings will be what I'm doing until I'm about 40. So there you go. I'd be very surprised if your voice doesn't stay in shape. Well, it's had eight months off and it's already feeling the, the slack. <laughs> oh, I, I <laughs> get that. I'm right there with time. you. Yeah, exactly. But like, it's funny. I was listening to uh, like a Billy Joel live album a while, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. A while back because I have it's a man with class. Yeah. Um, it's really funny. You can, you can tell because it, it was an album from within the last... I think the last 10 years or something. Uh-huh. So he's an older man. You can yep. tell when he's singing in his sort of like lower, almost near talking yeah, level range. range. You can you can hear that he's got a bit more of like a weathered, older, deeper voice. Yeah. But then when he goes, he jumps up to his mix register, he sounds like he's 20 again. There you go. And he's it's, looked it's, after it really such well. such an interesting like change that you can you can tell someone's age by a voice. Yes, Voices age. Joni Mitchell is a class example of that. She used to sing like, oh, da, 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 like up there. And now it's gone right down to the jazzy tone down here. And, and I'm not sure if, I, I'm sure smoking all the time doesn't help with that. <laughs> but it's interesting to hear someone, you know, at the peak of their career in the 70s and then hear them again now and just see. Mm. I quite like an aged voice. I probably won't be saying that when I lose the entirety of my upper register. But I quite like the sound of a voice. Like Tom Waits, for instance. He used to sound oh, fairly clean, amazing. and now he's sound. Now he's it's. His music is defined by that voice. <laughs> I love Tom Waits. He's very fresh as I can. Um, anyway, we're talking about the Frank five-year. down in the village. What's my next question? Interview. You've taken this well Your off the rails. Well, You've Sorry, got plenty um, of other people to see. This is ridiculous. Oh <laughs> Don't tell her that we've put all our hopes into her. Oh. Um, yes, well, we are actually quite busy, so we should move this along. Um, <laughs> so you've recently released a new track by Geffer Get Guest. Geffer Guest. Graceless. What's what's the story right. behind that latest release? <laughs> Wow, that was yeah. I really, I really enjoyed hearing people say 
uh, Gefford guys. It's been really fun for us. And then we discover, <laughs> as soon as we released the song in German, it's actually Gefford Geist. Like the ac- we're putting the, the accent on the wrong <sighs> you place. Frauds. So whatever. Uh, <laughs> you don't even respect indie German culture. I know it's terrible. When was the last time you gigged in a German club? <laughs> I'd love to do that. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be great. Just go to Berlin. Never and... been to Germany. <gasps> Neither have I. That's our next tour of destination. Anyway, sorry. Story behind that release is that I was playing piano before. Oh, my door just had a fit. I, haven't, I was playing piano um, before a lesson, waiting for a student called Grace to turn up. She's a wee bit late, and those chords came to my head, and then the first line came to my head after that. And I spent the next few days, weeks, months, years probably, putting the whole song together, and then sent it off to Neil the Gardener. And that's the story, I'm afraid. It's not very exciting. She was called Grace, and I was Grace-less. Ha, 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 ha. Very good. Cool. Cool. That's interesting. Not everyone knows that, and I think very often we put a lot of emphasis and onus on songs having a super big gravitational yeah. pull around them where, like, where we go oh th- yeah this had to have been about like heartbreak or this or that and it's like yeah nah, sometimes sometimes you can yeah. fake it i like i like the re- <laughs> i like the reviews that go there was my favorite one the other day by a guy called Ferdamama on twitter and he just is like a weekly thing his one was like your lyrics confuse me for a minute and i was like this is the best <laughs> and then he was talking about just the he, he says it was about the traditions that we hold on to blindly that don't really mean anything anymore or actually are mm. harmful to society. And he thought that's what the lyrics meant. And I was like, that's way better than anything I was thinking of. So we'll just <laughs> say it's that, shall we? So you got I it. love well reviews done. Thank you. like that. Yeah, that do. <laughs> oh, you got my vision spot on. But I like reviews that go into the detail with like lyrics and, and uh, the instrumentation and stuff and just pick out things that you didn't even know were there. And <laughs> you made the thing. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah. As I've said before, pretty words make good nice or whatever <laughs> I said it last Pretty time. words make sound good. Make I sound think. good. Was, Thank you. That was my direct was the quote. quote. That's <laughs> so, what we call a callback. Yeah, if people can <laughs> take something one. deeper from it, then I'm perfectly happy to provide that. And yeah, thank you to everyone who's taken something from Grace Listen to and you know, any any guesses you have for the actual story of the song are absolutely welcome because I have no idea. So <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> All right, so that's the story of the release, apparently. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose that kind of ties in a little bit to my next question. Oh, um, slick. It's almost like you got these do, written what down. Do you... Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to write. Oh, well. Um, I was say what really would you savage, want your listeners just... to hear in the release? But that I know that, that kind of ties into, into what you've just said. So it's is there anything little... else that you, that you really get? Uh, get your jollies from when someone mentions that they've listened to it and i'd like someone to experience. try and count the number of harmonies at the end i think that would be fun because i'm not even sure at this point because <laughs> you can hear them obviously with harmonies if you've got a good enough ear you can pick out all the different lines and what's doing what but i uh, it was recorded like two years ago and hearing it back now i'm just like that's a wall of just it is it is me's. a, um, a very good so one. thank you i'd like to well, apparently not according to submit hub it was out of tune so well <laughs> oh i just want to point out actually if people listen to our episode last was it last week no it'll be yeah, the episode two weeks ago now yeah um submit hub i did tag them in my instagram story today and they did get back to me and it was just wasn't even like they listened to anything of just fire emoji 
<laughs> that was it. So that's yes. their that's their official statement on, on the issue. Clearly, that all the points we all the problems we pointed out in that episode. Fire emoji to that. <laughs> Lit dude, one hundred. Lit one hundred. Yeah, all that stuff. So thanks to Michael for your input. Uh, moving on though. Uh, stuff to hear in the release. The harp, I think, is spectacular. That was by Esther Swift from Twelfth Date, who we worked with, or I've worked with in like poets way back at the start. And I think the part she came up with was really, really nice. And whatever Neil's done with it to make it sound almost like ghosty or like dreamlike or not really real um, is very cool. So yeah, listen out for the cool harp bit. I would say, Sweet. and watch Tyler's Sounds video because it's very good. Very, very <laughs> also good. That. So, um, what piece of advice would you have for other musicians just starting out? <laughs> or like someone, in, like, what do you think? The way you're like, saying suppose... these questions sounds like you're making fun of every single interview you've ever had. Sorry, that's not at all my intention. Um, <laughs> I know, darling. <laughs> just what big point. piece of advice <laughs> for other musicians, Fiona? <laughs> that was disturbing. My... And also, I suppose, to some extent, what have you learned with ah. this release ah that's that's a better way of phrasing it i think mm. i have said this in an interview this week already i think it's a really good answer is that you shouldn't be afraid to ask other musicians for help or mm. advice on things and you shouldn't if you are a successful musician you shouldn't hoard any like any contacts you make or anybody you think could help somebody else out they're not it's not shouldn't be a secret you know it shouldn't be like mm. it's how not did this yours. person get on this playlist and someone messaged you asking don't like just not bloody respond to them like yeah. we should be helping each other out in this because we know how just difficult it is and how you can yeah just someone else's success this. doesn't take away from yours exactly there's room for everybody so what are you doing like hoarding all your information <laughs> what are you, doing, you clan it makes no sense there's a, a facebook group i recently joined called pop girls with a z um started by cola and josephine sillers um and so far, I've just like had a, a quick scan through. I've not had time to look through the whole thing, but it seems to be a community of female musicians who are just sharing, like you know, helpful contacts, asking questions, and getting really good advice back, helping each other out by like subbing and sharing their stuff. And that's the kind of thing I want to see, rather than musicians mm-hmm. going, "I made it all on my own. Nobody helped me." You know, standing on the bones of your friends. <laughs> <laughs> so I would advise, yeah, don't be afraid to ask people you admire, musicians you admire, how like how they got started out, and ask for like proper advice. And the worst thing that can happen is that they just don't get back to you, mm, and that's yeah. fine because everyone's busy. But you should still feel okay to ask that question. Everyone needs a mm-hmm. leg up, and we should be giving each other a leg up. I think absolutely not a leg over, but a leg up. Way, way. <laughs> um. So yeah, um, leading into my final question for you today, Fiona, oh. um, could you like how would you describe your music to someone who'd never heard it before? This is a question that oh, I've always had God. a great deal of I trouble don't with. I know, yeah. Whenever I get sent interview questions for a review yeah, or a post, this is the hardest one. I just, not necessarily. I just spend so long on each of the answers that you do because actually, I don't want I don't I want to give you. a bad answer. I can see you spending um, all day on an interview, actually. Yeah, and it. it I'd pull my hair out if I if I had any. Pull my this beard out. This is one of the similarities that you and Sam have because Sam will like have to respond to an email and it'll be it'll start at twelve noon and it'll be done by like nine o'clock. <laughs> it takes him forever to like. I might want to give a good response, and I think you guys share that same trait. Of I, I am thinking way yeah. too hard about it. I'm a Virgo. Oh god. <laughs> well, you're not uh-huh, part of that uh-huh. new the new. Uh, I'll be in my cold, deep grave before I recognize (laughs) the 13th sign. That's fair, love. 
Oh dear. Nah. Virgo nah. boys. Virgo boys till I die. <laughs> I'm a Libra. Um anyway. I'm a Libra. <laughs> Libra. Uh what was your question again? <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. It was how would describe I describe your music? Oh god. Um try and fit it here's one thing I had to do the other day. Try and fit it into three words. I had that the other day as well. Um Dream pop, which is apparently now one word, so that's fine. Ah, cheat. Cheat. Um, electronic. <laughs> Femvox, does that count as a word? <laughs> All of these it's words are different words. I know, I don't know. I'd say, like, yeah, very dreamlike soundscapey. Um, if you like big, massive, like, walls of sound and loads of dirty synths and loads of... Mm. Yeah, and again, still quite chilled out, then you will, like, get for guys music. My own music is just kind of a bunch of like notebooks lying on the floor and me jamming <laughs> a piano every couple of days I'm like oh that could be something and yeah <laughs> that's where so my you, music personally is at do you see a huge difference between the music that you write completely on your own or mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, the music that you do collaboratively yeah uh, music I write on my own is not as good <laughs> <That's different. laughs> uh, well no I think the music I write on my own the songs um, I write if you want to hear more of them they're on that live album that I did in summer with Sam which was just with piano that kind of that's as far as most of my like um, it's not as most of my creativity goes but in terms of me writing a song I'd happily stop at like just piano and me singing and be pretty happy mm. with that but I think this year has sort of uh, it's brought me to try the... and like mm. bring a band into it, bring instrumentation to it, bring strings to it, and try and layer on more things, which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. But the joy of working with Neil and Geffergeist is that I can take that bare bones chords and voice and lyrics thing I have, chuck it to him, and he comes out two weeks later and he's got this whole electronic sc- soundscape around it and we don't need mm. to go into a studio and we don't need to record anything uh, apart from my vocals and maybe a bass line. And I think... And he enjoys doing it. He likes being able to have all these tools to create this big mm-hmm. otherworldly sound that you can't really get with just a band, I guess. I don't know. Mm. I think that works really well for me because I can do my the things I do best, which is melody and lyrics and the singing and, and a bit of the structure, and he can take that and run with it. And I think that makes my job super easy. <laughs> yeah, so I'm happy to keep writing that kind of music and just doing my very easy job, and he can just do the hard stuff. That's fine <laughs> with me. Cool. But yeah. Nice. Well, well. Thank you very much for coming in. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be in touch. This claim is disputed. <laughs> what job my interview? Oh, this for? is you rejoining the workforce. Oh, after my cyber <laughs> career. Okay, yeah. Or is it for very, the cyber career? Very, very good. Who knows? Okay, so I guess it's my turn to interview you. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Flashback. But I'm the one hiring. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, now you're the one. Firing. Firing. <laughs> <laughs> Very okay. good. Right. I'm going to just uh, channel Elmo Morrison, I think. Oh, where have you gone? He's left his chair. You all right? I was resetting the camera. Oh, sorry. <coughs> I'm going to ch- channel our good friend Elmo Morrison, I think, in this interview and just pretend that I've got a million things to turn on and, oh, i got to record that. All right, Jack, just bear with me, bear with me. Right, okay. <laughs> okay, right, we're good to go. It's going to be a bit crazy, but uh, we'll make it through, we'll make it through. <laughs> right, okay, Jack, we have Jack in the studio with us today. It's very exciting. Have you were here about 10 years ago now and you had a, we had a great <laughs> chat. So we're going to... <laughs> what? It's a good impression. 
It's a very good impression. And I know, I know for a fact my that he listens said, to this. I'm just, I'm just wondering how he's going to be reacting when he's oh, walking to his job in the morning in listening to this. It's all in good fun, I'm sure. I'm oh, yeah, sure know. I'm fine just, with it. I mean, Jack's the proper years. impressionist. I don't know why I said 10 years. I just feel like it's been 10 years since we went anywhere and did anything. Um, right, Jack, first question for you is... Tell our listeners, what's the story behind your latest release? Well, if you're as hopeless a romantic as I am, when you, you're addicted to getting your heart broken for the poetry, um, yep. <laughs> this is a song basically about the grieving processes between and any grief or any loss, I suppose. It's not, not just tied to relationships, but that was my experience in this case. Um, and I, I've tried to split up the grieving process or the five stages of grief and mm-hmm. i wanted to start with acceptance um to focus on how for me <laughs> how for me, me somebody that, tell him that's backwards, that's backwards. That's not he, he's been hypnotized <laughs> um is a so yeah um for me i think the grieving process is very cyclical and it's not necessarily always in the same order but so i wanted to try and encapsulate what it feels to be finally i suppose okay with yourself and like strong enough as an individual um maybe after having come through something where you feel like you've lost a part of yourself or a part of something yeah i can see that um so i guess this song for me is that sort of moment where you can i suppose take a breath in and stand up and go yeah i'm still i'm still pretty pretty tall and okay on my own you are pretty tall (laughs) pretty tall it's a song only for six foot people (laughs) must be this tight to I'll submit to the Spotify playlist. <laughs> All right. Um, no short kings allowed. I guess that. <laughs> That's horrible. I guess the name implies a lot of what you just said there, of like losing a part of yourself when you're, you know, heartbroken. And um, I don't. I'd like to point out that I wrote this and named it before I'd even heard of Daniel's loss. So Yay, there we go. Yeah, and that other guy's released a song called Jigsaw. Fairly. No, it was. Um, the Catet, wasn't it? The, the Jigsaw yeah, Catet. I uh, was doing their live album Jigsaw. called Jigsaw. <laughs> Guys, I've been trying to get it out for ages. There's just it's been, been a couple of things in the way. I'm not coping. You have of irons in the fire. Um, so, yeah, and the name, I think, reflects back on the themes you just pointed out of um, yeah, loss and that kind of thing and losing a part of yourself with heartbreak. Um, I'm a big fan of one-word titles. Yeah, me too. Maybe it's it, it, fits, but... it fits quite nicely. Um, just on like a cover or something. I really like one like one word titles as well. Anything too long or convoluted, I kind of go. Mm. Eh. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to make a title that's that tries to say too much about the song because then it's. Yes. I want people to make their own interpretations of it, and it, if it's short yeah. and snappy and encapsulates what I think mm-hmm. the song means to me in one word, then that's all I need for it. Yeah, I mean, for me, my next. Sorry to bring it back about me, but my next <laughs> release, Nuclear, spelled like N U K U L A R, is trendy kind of again a sort of funny thing because i think i've seen that written down that way in like school books and stuff and also in the simpsons where it's like nuclear it's pronounced nuclear it's kind of a play on all that stuff aluminum aluminum um but i'm a bit worried that when i release it people are just gonna think i spelt nuclear wrong (laughs) i'm an idiot so here's the thing here's the thing a good few years ago, Avril Lavigne took a huge chance and put eight in a word. Not a lot of people didn't get it. Oh, but, that's true. But, you know, I think it paid off. I think it paid it off. The real shot in the dark, but I think she got success. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, we'll see if it takes off. Nuclear, the new spelling, takes off, but we'll see. Anyway, back to you and your latest release, because, you know, I don't want to just call you in here and make it all about me. Oh, right. Okay. Where do you see really yourself? <laughs> Where do you see yourself in five years? 
Um, I guess I just want to be doing more of what I'm doing now, but I suppose to um, to a bit more response or to a, I suppose a, yeah. a bit of a wider audience. I guess I, I it's I'm a big fan. Than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'd like to always feel like I'm doing what makes me happy and what you know it, what excites me and what I want to be doing with myself. Um, no, mm-hmm. it's not always necessarily to to the level or the extent that you want to be doing, but if you see it sort of, I suppose, as a an exponential graph curve or like a just like rungs on a ladder, I think if I can be doing what I want and what I think is good for me and helping me grow and challenging me um, just now, and mm-hmm. I can just keep going along this track and take the opportunities that come along, if there are any, hopefully, um, then just doing more of what I am now. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to get a lot more into. Uh, I suppose production and scoring stuff. Uh, and that, like, yeah, really... I think the pandemic's shown is that being able to produce your own music from home and score your own stuff mm. from home is 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 vital. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's I, a good. I've really enjoyed thing. a lot of the, like the projects that I've done that have been, I suppose, um, scoring or composing for a different project that's not necessarily your like, own music. Yeah, yeah, it's not my own music, or it's not even in the format of a gig you know trying mm-hmm. to write some soundtracks or something for a couple of theater pieces or yeah, spoken word pieces uh-huh. or something that's almost a bit more world building like you were saying with yeah making something sound um with, with a goal in mind to say all right mm-hmm. i want to make it sound like i don't know like a horror track or something yeah. i love i love music that sounds disgusting <laughs> like I'm, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of putting in horrible Jack things and getting away with it. Disgusting. I guess, I guess in five years I want to commit. Buy my album. <laughs> in five years I want to commit heresy and get away with it. Um, oh dear. You know, like well, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to do a soundtrack for something that's just, yeah. like you know, the soundtrack to Alien. Oh yeah, yeah. Where it's, it's not really. What you'd, what you'd usually class as music, but it's so yeah, atmospheric. I love that really sort of nice stuff. Really nice themes in there that don't really... Mm. They sound more romantic almost than they do like sci-fi horror which is very weird. But mm. when they first land on the planet, that springs to mind, that piece of music. So do, 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 do. And it's all quite soft for a horror mm. film. It's well soft. <laughs> <laughs> That's well soft, mate. That's well soft. So it Get kind up. of... Yeah, having a juxtaposition like that, I think, is really cool. And yeah, mm. making things yeah. not quite fit. Kind of, I think that element actually added to the horror element of it. Because if you go in, then the whole trailer's been like, oh, no, I can hear you scream in space, by the way. And then it's like, there's a lovely kind of very soft melodic score at the start. It's, yeah, oh, you're, it's all, you're already set a you're little on bit on, on yeah. edge. And you're like, hang on, hang this about. can't last. Hollywood has This isn't me. meant to be nice. <laughs> Pretty much. So I think that's an interesting venue to go down, definitely. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I'd like to be doing more of that if I can. All right, you maybe be one of Hans Zimmer's, you know, I don't want to say bitch boys, but you know. What I, mean. <laughs> I was totally thinking. <laughs> Let's see, intern. That's yeah, interns. Interns. That's same yeah, thing. More though. inclusive. More inclusive. All right, next question. Unpaid position. So Mr. Please. Jack Hinks is a. What do you want your listeners to hear in the release? Um, Music. I guess. <laughs> Sorry. I would like them to mainly hear it first uh, ah, yes. <laughs> and uh stream on spotify please oh. and um and if that if, it's, if it's something that they really like mm-hmm. um i guess it's but it sort of ties in with my interpretation of how i wrote it and what it's about for me yeah. everything i write i try and separate i suppose into two different forms of 
interpretations where Mm -hmm. there's the version that's for me that i understand maybe it's all sort of written in like you know almost like an in joke where it's written in code for something that makes sense to me but maybe only with my memories and experience could Mm. i unlock it um but the other the other side I, i try and have everything that i write to some extent fairly open to interpretation or like oblique in the sense that people can assign their own meanings to it okay so i like giving my interpretations of what it is and what i wrote it about but i really like people to say it's where you and i differ (laughs) yeah i really like people to have their own interpretations and if it did something for them maybe within the sense of the grieving process uh, Mm. or like brings an extra level of understanding or or something that um that could i mean i wouldn't stick it on at a funeral really no to be honest (laughs) that's a bit guys well it's been a good day but uh we're all going to need to move on and accept it sooner or later. Yeah, it's not the best. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> Haven't we toyed with the idea, like, the Apollos were like, we all, we could do a funeral gig as well, and then immediately thought, no, 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 no. <laughs> just wouldn't go well. Anyway, yes, so we yeah, the divorce parties. process. Divorce parties, I think. I think, what was it? Someone had a story, one of the other wedding bands had a story about, I think, the groom... They were. They showed up. They plugged in. They were ready to go. They had a bit of time before they started, and they. I think the groom had slept with the bridesmaids on the day of the wedding, and they'd oh. been married. And never. They, I don't think they were quite married yet, to be honest. Actually, no. no. I don't think they were married. The wedding was off, and they just decided. The bride's family just decided to keep going, and just have the party anyway, and kick the <laughs> groom's side of the family out. So they just oh had a big party. So is that technically a divorce party? I don't know. I it's suppose. as close we're going to get. Yeah, they My still God. did the gig and I think everyone just got really drunk and there was loads of fights and stuff. That is Yay. absolutely wild. Imagine being like all suited and booted, being like, yeah. okay, cool, guys, we're going to play Valerie. And you see someone just clocking Lamp. another dude <laughs> and just like putting him through a table or something. Woo! That, that is wild. that is oh, wow. a horrific story. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty sad. At the, yeah, but it's, at least they still did it. They were like, "Well, we spent all this money, yeah, so yeah, fair enough. There's no point calling the whole thing off. Let's just go for yeah. it." That is it's his yeah, fault. Absolutely ours, the right you know. thing to do in the moment. Oh yeah, that yeah, is, yeah. That is oof, that's rough. Oof. Okay, my last question for you. Thanks. Let's please move on. <laughs> <laughs> we're moving on. Don't worry, we're moving on. What's your biggest piece of advice for other musicians? Or as you so eloquently said it, oh, I forgot what you said. It was something. <laughs> what have I learned? What have you learned? What have you learned in your eight years of releasing music? What would you What would you want everyone to know about getting into the music business that you have learned? Ugh, stop rambling, Elmo. <laughs> I guess he doesn't one of the do main... that. It's just me being a terrible interviewer. Carry I guess on. one of the main things that I would say is um, if you have a style and you have music that you've written that really does it for you and really excites you and it's totally what you want to release, then there is space for it. Like, Aww. it's it's valid. It should be out there and you should have your listenership. And obviously, some things might have a wider range of audiences. Some things might be a little bit more niche. Yeah. But don't feel threatened or pressured to force what you have into the shape of something else that's a good piece of advice yeah but with that you shouldn't compare yourself to others especially when you're within a different genre or different audience yeah like don't don't put out a a widely experimental jazz album and Mm -hmm. expect it to be as successful as the latest like you know formulaic pop um track on radio one 
So with with that in mind, it's not it's good to set goals Realistic and something goals. that you, that you want back from it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. achievable. Um, whether it's just putting it out and having something with your name on it, and yeah. you're able to listen to it and go, "I'm really proud of that. I'm glad that I made it." Mm-hmm. And I think it's um, yeah, I think I think it's turned out really well. And yeah. if people enjoy it as well, that's great. But this is for me. I think that's really important to always do it for yourself mm-hmm. before doing it for other people or specifically for a response from people. I would say that's yeah, a very good point. My I don't take my own advice very often though. No, I, I was gonna totally say like beat myself up. No, to listen to yourself here, gosh. With Why the, am I not like Cardi B? Uh, with Gaffer guys, what's been a really nice bit of feedback that's come from radio stations and reviewers and that kind of thing is it's it's like because it's so different from the other stuff they get sent because it's a bit you know odd <laughs> i guess they're like thanks for sending something and that's just you know different i think um tommy clark was saying something about it getting sent just like you know and like loads of like five piece or three piece like rock bands with their new single and that's all some of it's really really good like not he wasn't dissing them at all but he was just saying that it was really refreshing to hear just something that sounded completely different from that so that's mm-hmm. I, I agree with your point about don't be worried about sounding exactly the same as everybody else or trying to get to play or make music that's popular you can just make what you want and somebody might like it. mean you can just do the three-piece thing and if mm. you're really good at it you will get the listenership you should be having hopefully mm. yeah, yeah i agree <clears throat> sorry i'll tell you I did a cough in the interview. Well, thank you for coming in, Jack. Uh, yeah, you're very welcome. Uh, it's not the best. I guess I won't ever, describe but... my music to someone who's never heard it before. Oh, so whoops! I guess you'll just have oh, to did hear you it. ask me that? I'm sorry. I'm all over the place today. I'm sorry. <laughs> my car failed its MOT, and it's just yeah, it's really <laughs> not me for six because who could see that Aww. coming in a ten-year car? Right. <laughs> Please describe your music <laughs> to someone who's never heard it before. And don't spend all day with crafting a good answer. Just give me the thing off the top of your head, for goodness. I'll sake. try. Um... <laughs> Only one's going to hear this is you. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's got this far in the episode. No. Um, <laughs> dark heartbreak pop. <laughs> Woof. I don't think you're Woof. that pop based, to be honest. Dan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 probably incorrect then. Um, <laughs> Let me tell I you what your music sounds like. <laughs> please, please do. No, please no, do. no. Okay, fine. Whiny and <laughs> shite. <laughs> <laughs> correct um no i think it's got like it's more rock than pop i'd say overall but mm. it's still got catchy melodies in it so it's you know it's kind of hard to you can't chuck it in with all the rest of the three-piece stuff and you can't chuck it in with like jazz mm. or pop so it's somewhere in between which is probably good because you've got lots of influences in there i would say i'd say genre yeah. defying introspection with I was saying gonna say, low. if you like john mayer you'll probably like jack <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's fine genre defying <laughs> let's go with that <laughs> I, I, I had I had a really nice um, review about Jigsaw uh, and someone uh-huh. I'll, I'll be paraphrasing it but uh, they said that um, because Jigsaw is quite a different style to a lot of my previous singles and releases it is, yeah. it's more of a they said it was a, more of a testament to my songwriting style and experience um, that I can pick a pick a genre and yeah. make it work to my own style as opposed to fitting within a genre, which I I take as a huge compliment. Um, I think that's really nice. So yeah, I, I, I think guess it's, right. it's better it's to a write different bit, um, stuff. Very changeable, and I guess I kind of yeah. 
write each song to what I think the song needs or what the mood for the song could be as opposed to, uh-huh. oh, it needs to have another filthy guitar part in it or it needs to have a huge <laughs> drum fill here yeah. or whatever. But um, I yeah, I'd, 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 I'd hope people enjoy it still. <laughs> I hope so, love. I hope I think it's a good song and they should enjoy it. Thank you. Um, I got told that Graceless sounds like it should be classed as an R&B track by someone. I was like, okay. Hmm. So I don't know, it seems to be all over the place. And whenever I do those Spotify playlist submission things, I'm like, it's it's electronically made, but doesn't really sound like what I would picture as like, like the sort of dubstep thing. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's EDM either. I don't think it's house. No? Very good. Is that not what it's like? Anyway, yeah, I think it's a yeah, good sign that you can write in different genres. Because then LA was different before that as well. Mm. LA's just us two in our bedrooms, basically, separate, yeah. <laughs> and doing a quite acoustic version of a song. So, yeah, it's good that you're spreading out and just doing different things, but still keeping your songwriting uh, mm. tight. I don't know I'd, like to, I'd like to think <laughs> that people could listen to all of my releases and see that they're very different styles, but they're all... Whiny. <laughs> and shite um, no. but I, w- I would like to i would like for there to be some commonality and go oh cool this sounds like jack wrote it or yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's I, the I sort of song true. or the sort of lyrics that jack would write and hopefully yeah. it's not just like releasing wildly different songs almost by different artists every other yeah every other six months or something and them going hang on i liked the first thing but now i hate this so i What's guess i'll just doing, not listen to him doing an album with skrillex was happening there who was it who did an album with skrillex Incubus. Uh, yes, Incubus's most recent album was What's uh, going on there? at the last minute produced by Skrillex. Oof. I think. How and, weird. Uh, it seems like good. a bit of a, a left turn. I'll stick to Morning View, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I like Drive. All right, I think this song's that... called Drive. Drive. <laughs> I don't know if you can get like copyright slammed for singing a song on a podcast, but we definitely should have been by now. We've sung a bunch of songs, <laughs> not just in this one and every other. What one. if we just change all the lyrics? Ah, so as, for example, my baby's always dancing. My, my baby's, baby's always dancing. dancing. My baby's, my baby's always, dancing. always dancing. She likes to dance. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. Easy. <laughs> Why won't you come on over, Mallory? Ah, hey-o. Hey-o. Anyway, we could do this for, right for years and years and we years. We could, but we should probably wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, the track that you heard at the start and will now be hearing now is called When the Tables Turn, and it's from the new EP coming out from Callum Baird, a good friend of ours and fellow mm-hmm. singer-songwriter and podcaster. Um, this is my favorite track of the EP, and it's going to be going live on December 4th. You can pre-save it by checking out all of his socials now. And uh, yes, the EP is called View from the Notebooks. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So thank you very much for checking in. Next week we'll probably be talking about something else. Um, <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Did I get the um, job, whatever cyber job I was going for? Hi, all right. Okay, hey, you got the job. Hey, I got a job finally. Okay, so now you're the ballerina and we've fired her and she can go into <laughs> IT. Unfortunately, right, it's good. because our IT guy quit to pursue his music dreams. So <laughs> this is a whole circle of terrible Life decisions. finds a way. <laughs>
But yes, next week we'll be back with another podcast for you. We've got a few subjects in mind that we're going to possibly talk about that are cooking around in our old brainiums. And we'll be back with a new independent song as well, hopefully by another artist to plug. And yeah, we'll be we'll be here. We'll be here. If you have any ideas for episodes or things that you want us to talk about, we're running out. We're scraping the barrel. Please help. Please. I've run out of ideas and I've got no money left. I can't stand talking to him anymore. Right. See you next week, guys. See you next week. Bye. Stay safe. We'll be better then. We'll be better then. Consume, consume And consume some more Consume like it's all That is worth living for Way down on Oxford Street